0: Hello everyone, this is the Here Comes Everybody podcast. The date is April 7th, 2017, I believe. Oh, I am here with Shem the Pen. How are you doing today, Shem? Shem's okay. Shem's doing Signing good? In, in there. We are here at Crazy Mocha in uh, Bloomfield uh, neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And today, we're going to be talking about Led Zeppelin.
1: Uh... Shem, do you want to start off with the, your history of Led Zeppelin? Well, I have a little preamble I have to throw in about Led Zeppelin because as a hardcore Led Zeppelin person, mm-hmm. I have sort of a burden in life that I'm sort of, I'm like a old West gunslinger that, you know, oh. if you're in an old saloon somewhere and one of those guys with the big mustache, you know, he sees another gunslinger across the room. He goes, okay, that's my competition, you know? Yeah. So if I'm at a party or a bar and I see somebody walk in who's another hardcore Led Zeppelin person, and I oh. can just tell, we can just tell each other, I have to stop having fun, <laughs> I put everything down, and I have to now prove my Led Zeppelin. Knowledge. Now, is this more of a bonding experience or a competition? No, it's would a competition. It? It's a pissing it contest. Yeah. If I'm at, and so if I'm at dinner with my girl and she's in the oh. middle of it, I have to say, no, excuse me. Uh, I have to go prove my Led Zeppelin knowledge to that stranger over there, <laughs> you know, you like. just keep talking. Pretend I'm listening. <laughs> so what you were going to get here is some high-level Led Zeppelin talk, you know. Uh-huh. This is like a graduate Led Zeppelin course. Alright. Now, there's two other things in the preamble, then whatever, however you want to take it. Alright. All right. Hit me number, with it. Number one is, important thing about Led Zeppelin is that's kind of gotten lost. now we, It's how we listen to music. Led Zeppelin's meant to be played loud on a good system. Those old, big, like, sexy, like, floor speakers, you know what I mean? That look like 2001, where you crank it up loud. That's what Led Zeppelin's for. We don't listen to music like that as much anymore. We listen to earbuds. Headphones, earbuds, in the car. Beats, headphones. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, beats are okay, but it's a different experience. And I think, like, music is been produced now for that experience rather than the old school, like, real loud, high-end stereo experience. Sure, yeah. Plus, there's less money behind a lot of music now. I mean, people just record it on their laptop, which is fine, you you can do home recording better and you can do electronic recording better, but you get that full experience experience like you have with Pink Floyd the Zeppelin the big old bands in the 70's right you know and it's <clears throat> I'm not saying that as like a cranky old guy because I love having digital music and having the sure the yeah no, accessibility that's of it super convenient it is man I love it but there's been a trade off mm-hmm. so to really appreciate Led Zeppelin you need to go invest in some big speakers put the earbuds down you know Go get some, it's probably run you about $15,000. <laughs> you know what I mean? let ch- jump change. Jump change for music. You right, know? right. And get yourself houses as a holy. Get yourself, you know, physical graffiti and crank it loud. To the point where you can physically hear, you can feel uh, your hearing loss. Sure. Where you can tell, I'm losing permanent hearing mm-hmm. just by this experience. But it's
0: okay I've been to a couple shows That have been like that Oh yeah You know Yeah, yeah. Especially in Philadelphia
1: What's the best show You think you ever saw like? Holy smokes Um Best,
0: best show I've, I've ever saw live Is Nowhere in That You need the amplification Or like It floors you Kind of deal Like a Led Zeppelin would Or a heavy metal So I saw Steely Dan They were the best Steely Dan Oh yeah <laughs> so, the they're, very, still uh, they're still, oh, being, they're, they still yeah, around Oh they're still They okay. around They do all that I saw them in 2013 at the Mann Center in Philadelphia. Nice, yeah. And uh, that's near Fairmont Park. And yeah, uh, they was just, just sounded just as good, as good as they did from the, the 70s. 70s. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm sure they had some backing vocals and different things like that. That's yeah. like mid-60s, late-60s at this yeah, point. Yeah, they are so. good, though. I yeah. know they've been sampled a lot, too. Oh, absolutely. I think I just know them from what they... This stuff yeah, sounds and they're, they're super talented, yeah. super perfectionist yeah. kind of thing. So, like, it, not so much of the amplification that, like... I think Led Zeppelin, pro- they probably Trailblaze. Would you have to say they were the Trailblazers? Yeah. Oh, the, in a lot like, of the Like, floor you with the yes. speakers yes. and all that kind of deal. Yeah. So, and obviously, that had its influences, so. But I've been doing quite a few shows like that, too, you know, where it's just like, holy shit, did I just lose my for Yeah, you probably did, but and it yeah. was worth it. Oh, you know? yeah. No, it's That's all about the experience roll. of checking out bands and what have you. Yeah. So, all right, so how did you. And the one final thing is. Oh, sure, is, yeah, yeah.
1: We're going to talk about why Led Zeppelin was so great, and here is one of the things to remember. The drums. The drumming. Bonham. I hear Bonham all the time. The drumming. I listen to, yeah, Bill Burr, the comedian. Oh,
0: yeah. He does, he, that's his, like, go-to guy is Bonham, so. He's the best ever. I know very little about drumming. I know very little about John Bonham, and I... We'll find out I know very little about Led Zeppelin here That's today, too. That's all right. Too, so. That's what
1: we're here to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know how you got into this graduate class. Uh, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? This is... Uh, <laughs> I all paid right. somebody all right. off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it happened.
0: So. All right. So, do you want to give me some background on how you got into them exactly?
1: Well, sure. Y- yeah. Like, I think like a lot of people, you get into... The riffs, you get into the early big songs, and you just start buying all the albums. Mm-hmm. I started, I have just bought every album. I was probably 12 or 13. You know, I bought the tapes. Yeah. And the thing is, then as a fan, you know, it depends how deep you want to get. Oh, sure, yeah. Because you go into the albums, and then you go into, there's zillions of bootlegs out there. Oh, I started yeah. getting into live bootlegs, and i go into New York, you'd have to go into New York to go get this like, you know, 30 bucks would be for a live, you know sure, yeah. concert and there was tons of them and I got heavy into that we could talk a little bit about bootlegs Absolutely. later on well,
0: the thing too is like, it's funny that I mentioned Steely Dan because my older brother, obsessed with Steely Dan has all those kind of, he's like probably your version of Led Zeppelin yeah, where he's yeah. got, he's searched markets all over the place, found all these bootleg tapes, yeah. bootleg albums and converted them onto CDs, whatever, you know, MP3 players are now, now or MP3s, and just went all out with that, so... Absolutely. It's very,
1: uh...
0: You know you're all into that t- <laughs> You know you're into a band when you get that kind of
1: And the thing is, I got burned a lot, because a lot of Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. recordings are audience recordings, so they sound like shit. Oh yeah, they sound really it bad It just quality. sound like... And it's cool because you get an experience of what it kind of what it was like to hear them, mm-hmm. more than just like... Do a soundboard and, you know, like a regular live album. Sure. You hear how loud the drums are, but you can't really hear anything. It just sounds like shit. So, I mean, I, I bought bootlegs, paid 30 bucks. I right. take it home. I go, what is this? You know? Yeah. It doesn't... You have to sort of change your expectations when you get into the bootleg. But again, that's a higher level. If you're getting into Led Zeppelin, mm-hmm. you get Led Zeppelin II, and okay. you get Houses of the Holy, and maybe you get Led Zeppelin four, which is probably my least favorite. That has Stairway to Heaven. Okay. See, I was gonna ask about it. Well that that one is you, something I have some notes You should on. know already. Uh, right. but if you know me, Stairway to Heaven I forget it. I don't like I, I overrated I dismiss it. I just dis I don't know if it's overrated, it's just overplayed. Yeah. I get nothing out of that song anymore. Yeah, you know, no, I feel you that's how I feel about like
0: a lot of Queen songs It's like people love Queen. Bohemian Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody and yeah. then it's just a lot of their mainstream stuff. It's really I mean, it's not that they're not good, and it's not that I didn't like
1: them at some point. but yeah. It's just
0: like I hear it too much. That it's slow. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: Or uh, we will rock you. Oh you my need god! <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Jeez. You don't need to hear that. It's Like more. some that's, NBA jam. That's kind of an shit right NBA there. or like some kind of
1: fascist <laughs> march kind of thing. <laughs> right. I can't really. Give me some Grateful Dead, man. Yeah. No, but they were good. Queen, yeah, Queen was really good. But yeah, that's a good example of sure. bands where the. The big songs are just... they are just You, you uh, can just dismiss them. Right,
0: you know? It's a shame that happens, but it's yeah. gotta happen if you're that talented yeah. and that popular, yeah, so... Cool. Well, yeah, as far as... And I like to think of myself as pretty well-rounded with music, but uh, for some reason, Led Zeppelin escaped me. My, you know, education on them and learning about them and everything like that. I've had some friends that really like Led Zeppelin. Uh, my ex-girlfriend really liked Led Zeppelin. I just don't know very much about them. We yeah. didn't listen to them growing up, and uh, just in passing I would hear their songs, and like, so I think I have a couple of favorites where I like Black Dog a lot. Um, Dog is awesome, Black dogs awesome. Black Dog a good yeah. tune, but honestly I couldn't name you a lot of the titles from, or what their sound is from just going from that, so I went on Wikipedia just like every novice does, yeah, and yeah. Uh, went down the rabbit hole just a little bit before we started recording, and uh, I have some notes that I pulled out, so... I'll yeah, toss them your way once we up. once we get to that point. So, go ahead. All right, yeah. you want to kick it off with something, or do you want well, to just go through the discography or their background?
1: Again? Yeah, I mean their back. Well, one thing is Led Zeppelin invented a new sound. Mm-hmm. You know, they were one of those bands. You know, in the '60s, you had the Beatles pretty much ruled music, and by '69, the Beatles were done. They were broke up in I guess 1970. Yeah, and a lot of music was either. British blues rock like Cream and that kind of thing mm-hmm. which hasn't aged as well Psychedelic rock mm-hmm. hasn't really aged as well um, and you had like Pink Floyd starting up but they hadn't really come into their own they yet. haven't dropped enough Psychedelics at that point yeah oh they were I yeah. think they definitely dropped enough Psychedelics <laughs> well I mean at that point I don't point, think they worry about judge. that yeah, yeah. No, they, they did I mean they okay. lost it definitely did that <laughs> wasn't their problem <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> probably the other way around yeah But then you have like folk, you had like rootsy rock and you have all this different stuff. But what really appealed to the kids and was really a new sound was Led Zeppelin, which combined everything. Blues rock, folk, psychedelic, you know, plus their own entirely new thing. And that power punch kind of. Power, yeah, and immediacy and vitality where you still put on the albums and they sound vital. The sound, the energy is there. Life is there. big part of that is the production is great. Yeah. Production is so powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of what we're saying, like, they put a lot of time, effort, money into making these albums that sound badass on a high-end system. Right, yeah.
0: Well, that's what, um, I did read that Jimmy Page funded the first album. Is that Uh correct? Yeah.
1: And they changed, well... Before we get into that, how they changed the music business, where they came from, they're basically two halves. They're two music business guys, mm-hmm. Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones. Jimmy Page was a session guitarist. Yeah. He played with, I think, the Kinks, Rolling Stones. A lot. Of, and a session guitarist, you have to be really good because you might play one day like something real simple, you know? Mm -hmm. Then the next time you're asked to play something more complex, you gotta be able to play anything, you know? Yeah. And 60's Session people, it's an interesting story, how that worked, because stuff like the Beach Boys, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, a lot of that Session people, you know, like Pet Sounds, The Wrecking Crew, these are like famous Session people, who, or they're actually not as famous as they should be, Mm -hmm. but there were great musicians who did the music for these bands, you know? Not quite Milli vanilla kind of You're thing. Right, right. But something like that, a little bit. They helped support kind they of They supported. Like, yeah. Yeah, and, and they got these, like, where a band can just bang out, you know, like, and it might sound like a garage rock. A session guy can make it sound professional and ready for the radio. Right. So that was a talent Jimmy Page had. And then he was in a band called the Yardbirds, which was with... Eric Clapton was in it for a minute. Okay. And, um... Jeff Beck was in it. It was kind of like the big British guitar players. This was their... Were they vehicle. a super
0: group at that point?
1: Or sort was that, of. I think so. They like still in early, early Yeah, I mean, this was where they these guys made their reputations. Sure. But for like local British guitar players, you've got to be in this band, or a band like this, Oh. Okay. the Blues Breakers, John Mayall, Blues Breakers. But Jimmy Page wanted his own band, Mm-hmm. So he found the other pro guy is John Paul Jones by bass and keyboards. Okay. Then they found the other half is the two kind of amateurs, the singer Robert Plant and John Bonham. Right. They're both just kind of like local pub guys who got brought into this mix. Okay. And yeah. so you have the pro and the amateur, but really the way I look at it, the heart of the band is Jimmy Page and John Bonham. Okay. The guitar and the drums. You could take the vocals out, pretty much, and it's still Led Zeppelin to me, not that, no disrespect to Robert Plant, yeah, but you could mix his vocals out, I'd listen to it, because yeah. it's Led Zeppelin. because the you sound could, is still kind of, it's it's, there. It's there, and you could almost take out everything but the drums, and you would get the sound, because the drumming is so strong, it drives so hard, that you can tell it's pushing even a great player like Jimmy Page. Yeah. Who we know is, a, you know, a prodigy kind of player. Yeah, yeah. But he was looking for other musicians who would push him. And in John Bonham, he found a drummer that pushed him. See, that's pretty interesting,
0: too, that he, he was kind of an amateur in the bar.
1: He, he was. Bonham? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, He was just a local bar band. He didn't even want to join because he could make more money just going around. He just doing You know, something. just for the schmucks, local, you know, whatever. Yeah. And they had to convince him no, no, this is your opportunity. So he already
0: possessed that talent at that point. He didn't oh, yeah. kind of grow into it. It was more so he raw was already talent. there. Yeah. raw talent. All of them,
1: raw talent. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So um, now with their first album, or do you want to talk more so how they formed together or how they.
1: Yeah, and they also formed as a business too. Like, like their manager, Peter Grant, was definitely the Suge Knight. Thing. You look him up, he looks like Suge Knight. He's a big, fat, bald, British guy with a beard. Yeah. He's badass. I was just watching an interview the other day. He's, he's wearing some goofy t-shirt and holding this pipe that looks like, it's like two feet long. It's like a wacky, like, like it's a tobacco pipe. Mm-hmm. But he's holding it and like waving it around as he's making it at some point. I mean, he was an impressive and like scary dude. Yeah, yeah. And they ran that, like, gangster business. Led Zeppelin changed the music business. Well, Peter Green's a familiar name. That sounds familiar to me. So. Does it? Yeah. Uh-huh. it's. Yeah. Sh- I mean, it should. he's definitely like the Suge Knight of British rock. Because before them, and it was gangster, Led Zeppelin ran things gangster. Yeah. They said, we want our money, mm-hmm. you know? Before that, like, the Beatles, Rolling Stones, and these... They had, like, rock managers that were, like, almost like Austin Powers. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. they didn't do anything. Yeah. Brian Epstein and the, the Stones had a guy, Andrew Lou Goldham. And you could just tell. They were just at the party, like, hey, baby, you know, yeah. that kind of guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, the bands are getting raped. You know what I mean? But who cares? Mm-hmm. The, the manager's just the decoration. Exactly. You know? No. The was different. They went to these guys. And they actually, they got a contract right from the jump from a guy from Atlantic a guy called Ahmet Erdogan mm-hmm. who's who's not as well known not that but within the industry is respected Frank Zappa named his son after him Okay. and when wow. Led Zeppelin the only time they reformed and played an official concert was for his tribute concert Oh. Okay. so this guy was a a music a business executive who was really respected in the industry and they gave Led Zeppelin the money and they gave him the freedom they said we want to control our albums. More importantly than that, we want to control it was live shows. I yeah. think it's a wild west out there sometimes, where like you play a show and they say uh, the money's not right. You know, the gate. Meanwhile, they're stealing from you. says, right. nah. The money's going to be right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and I think there was a lot of shenanigans, a lot of gangsterism going on. Plus, they were wild right. as hell. I mean, oh they were throwing God, TVs yeah. out the window, and you know, I mean, so they made money, they spent money, they lived hard. They are yes, they rock wrote stars. Man. They're rock stars. Right. They, the, the, the absolute pinnacle of rock star I mean,
0: Well, I, there was a show on HBO only on for one season called Vinyl.
1: Oh, I heard of that. It yeah.
0: was good. Um, and it dealt with the record industry and they had a little cameo by an actor that played Robert Plant. Oh, yeah. I think it was Robert Plant. I don't know if Jimmy Page showed up or what, but it was like that. And they were very gangster in that, too, in that little scene they, that they had. What,
1: the people with Robert Plant? With Robert Plant. and okay, that whole, yeah, yeah. His
0: whole interaction with like this music executive where he was not going to take their shit. He yeah, He was yeah. just going to... It's like, this is the money we make, and this is what we're doing. Yeah. And, like, so they portrayed it. So, yeah.
1: Pretty neat stuff. I but the, the thing is, too, they back it up. Mm-hmm. They put everything into the music. When you listen to live show, they played three hours. Nobody was doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. People come on, oh, let's play 45 minutes, our set. They pushed. They left everything. Like let's say, you leave everything on the field, man. Yeah. That's what the best do. And that's what they did. So... You know, yes, they made a lot of money and they demanded a lot, but they gave a lot back. Right, you know. Right, you got your bang for your buck. You did, you're goddamn right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: All right, so do you want to start with their first album, uh, Led Zeppelin? Yeah, sure. Called,
1: right. So the the first album is their early live shows, and it's some holdovers from what Jimmy Page had with the Yardbirds, some old blues songs. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get into. Led Zeppelin is known for they or they're infamous for supposedly stealing blues. Well, stuff. they
0: d- I did read that they like were influenced by the artists like Muddy Waters mm-hmm. and uh, Skip James and uh, Howlin' Wolf. Howlin' Wolf, yeah. Country blues style was a big influence on their
1: first yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And some of these songs, I guess, sort of you could say they outright stole. I mean, I always think they gave more back than they stole. Sure. And this. Big classic from that album is Days to Confused, okay. which is a weird, I mean, it turned into a weird, I love <laughs> the later versions because it goes on for 30 minutes. Does it? He's playing the bow, he's playing the guitar with a, um, a bow, and he's got a theremin, and it's freaky, man. But that was originally Not a Led Zeppelin song That was by a guy Called Jake Holmes Okay So it's just a local folk guy And it was like A folk kind of song mm-hmm. They basically stole it They said "Like the Gangster A little bit Right A little bit uh-uh, This is yeah. our song Yeah You know <laughs> Guess what <laughs> And the thing is They played it better they, they played harder They made it Their own Right So They took um, Blues British blues Made it spacier Made it more A little more Psychedelic but they made it more energetic, more powerful, and vital. Yeah. That's what you hear in that first album. Yeah. Plus, you hear the song Communication Breakdown is almost like early punk, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. Just a very fast couple of chords uh, kind of riff. Yeah. Um, How Many More Times is a classic on there is basically some of the hardest blues rock playing you'll hear, you mm-hmm. know? So, first album bangs, but it's very much like a reflection of the 60s blues rock. Yeah. So it's their version of that. Yes, it's great, but it's not quite Led Zeppelin at their, what they would turn into. Okay. So as a starter, it's kind of like... a starter. Yeah, it's a starter. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then did they have critical success with that?
1: I don't think they ever had critical success when they were around. People thought they were like a big, just stupid... You know, like... Because they were, like, the younger brother of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Who were respected. Led Zeppelin were not respected. They were, like, all oh, the kids. Like, the, the music critics always, I think, looked down on Led Zeppelin. And it took time. So they were always fighting a battle. Was it because it was just such a
0: harsher sound than what they were used to? Yeah. And that um, they didn't... They just couldn't associate with it? and Because it, it seemed like, you know... I mean, they had... I mean like Bonham and, you know, the talent of Jimmy Page, you'd think that that
1: would kind of translate to a lot of music aficionados at that point in time. You'd think it would. Yeah. I don't think, I think they got hammered because, I mean, lyrically they're not, you know, it's not Bob Dylan. Sure. And, but they just weren't hip, like, to music people, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? To sort of, like... The hoity-toity. The hoity-toity, like, you know, hipster music critics of the 70s Led Zeppelin was just, oh, that was just, that's stoner rock. Yeah, You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, it's the best. I mean, it's, it's held up. Yeah, man. man. Oh, absolutely. You know, you have to put those all those misconceptions aside with music. Just listen to what you, you want to listen to. Steely Dan, yeah, you know, whatever yeah. you want to listen to, man. It's, <laughs> it's good, it's good. If it's good to you, it's good. It's you good, know? yeah. That's how music goes, man. Yeah. So, now, commercial-wise, did they make it? Very big on the first album. Yeah, I think it started selling right away. Mm-hmm. Picked up, and it, but it's not till the second album they get the big hit, whole lot of love. Mm-hmm. That's the first song. That's like came out as a single. That's what really broke them. Now I also read too that their manager, which I'm assuming, is
0: still Peter Grant. Yeah, he did not like releasing singles. Is no, they didn't
1: want to release a single. I think the label edited it down because whole lot of love is like five, six minutes something like that they edited it down Mm -hmm. because and I think it wasn't as much an artistic decision as a business they wanted to sell the albums and the live shows they're not a singles they're not a 45 singles I mean it's a progressive way to look because singles were kind of yeah going out anyway Mm 70s became an album time so they they were looking ahead they they created that album market and helped create it yeah Mm -hmm. But they wanted to sell the albums. Do you think that they branched kind of off the Beatles in that regard? Because, yes. Because a lot of things like Sgt.
0: Pepper's, oh, yeah. all that kind of thing, they kind of went off the, of, well, we want to make a whole album kind of yeah. boom that you can not just pick and choose, well, you can pick and choose from it, but it's not like, there's not a standout kind of thing that they'll be like, oh, that's what you got to listen to.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. The Beatles invented, yeah, the artistic album. Right. That it's not just, before them, it was like, just some a bunch of songs and half of it sucked and right. like the label would write a thing on the back listen to this hip new group you know yeah, yeah. uh, it was stupid Beatles took control and took artistic <laughs> control and yeah they definitely jumped off the Beatles uh, I want with that yeah
0: know? okay so as far as their second album goes what kind of impact did that have
1: Led Zeppelin too. That's the big one. That was the big one, and it's still the one I'd recommend for somebody buying Led Zeppelin for the first time. You, it's got everything you need. It's got yeah. big riffs. If you like great guitar riffs, buy Led Zeppelin it's 2. All on there. You're going to get Heartbreaker, Living, Loving Maid, Bring It On Home. Mm-hmm. You have Big Blues, Lemon Song. You have Acoustic Crazy Hobbit shit with uh, oh that yeah 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 you know what is and what should never be is kind of (laughs) goofy little bit hobbit you know but that was
0: kind of their thing now is this the same kind? is this around the same time where they started getting like old Jimmy Page started getting that satanist rep I think
1: that was a cup. I think that was yeah, maybe like a couple years in, yeah. A couple years in, okay. Yeah, but he, he started to get a fixation of Alistair Crowley. Of the because he lived yeah. in his old
0: place, is what I read. Yep. He lived in his old place. Um, let's see what it says here. Claimed it was ha- Page claimed it was haunted, not necessarily because of Crowley, but because of its previous owners. It was also a church that was burned to the ground within the congregation in it, Page told Rolling Stone in 1975. Is he hyping no, that a little my, bit? Yes, is that I'm pretty, sure. Okay. That,
1: that kind of shit is not a. Because well. he also
0: says, strange things have happened in that house and that had nothing to do with Crowley. The bad vibes were always there. Oh, a yeah. man was beheaded there. Oh. And sometimes you can hear his head rolling down. Oh, really, Jimmy? <laughs> That's really? what he said to Rolling Stone in 1975. <laughs> <laughs> the guitarist was a fan of Crowley's having Crowley's do what thou wilt. Inscribed in the runoff groove of the original Led Zeppelin three vinyl records, Page was believed by some to worship Satan because of these connections, and Page never
1: confirmed. Which I do agree with. Do what thou wilt, so moody be. That's a Aleister Crowley thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a he was a hedonist. He was kind of an interesting guy. I, I think all, all those like that Satanist or Anton LaVey. I mean, there's there's legitimacy to that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, I just don't think you're taking inspiration because somebody got beheaded. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think the ideas of, the, of yeah. Alistair Crowley is interesting. But if you're saying, oh, man, somebody got killed here, so we're going to write our album here, man. No, I don't respect I don't really that. So, and no. And now, that hyped. Did they
0: kind of start that whole, like, this is Saint music. Like, I think so. Kiss got that rap. And Black like, Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Yeah, and all yeah. All that kind of thing. Yeah, so. and that was
1: also probably why they were looked down on a little bit. You okay, know what I mean? okay. Like, oh, there's just dumb, like, hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, well, you of know, kind of Then, spreading. of course, in the 80s, when you had the um, PMRC and that, like, cracking down on records, they played, sure, uh, uh, Stairway Heaven Backwards. And, oh, like, yeah. This is my Sweet <laughs> Satan, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Just, that, that says more about the people looking for that than it does about yeah. the music. You're playing stuff backwards and trying to find s- Satan in the... You know, that's um, mental illness. Right. More than... Would you think
0: that's, like, kids doing that, too, like, starting off? Like, hey, let's Maybe, play this yeah. shit backwards. I'm fucked up right
1: now. Oh, hey, well, exactly. Yeah. That's how the uh, rumor of Paul McCartney, supposedly dead, started. Yeah. Kids were playing revolution nine backwards and it's just turned me on dead man you know yeah, what i mean you're fucking taking lsd or you're taking yeah you're stoned you're yeah. taking long rips. you go oh man they're telling us paul mccartney's dead and he's you know what i mean then he's not
0: wearing fucking shoes man right exactly <laughs> that kind of shit yeah yeah, yeah. his eyebrows <laughs> yeah.
1: raised man in india that means he's dead <laughs> Yeah, it's a little. But that's it's the 60s and 70s, man. Yeah. It's all good. That's, yeah. It's, it's, well, I think that added a to a little
0: intrigue of the rock yeah. music a in general, a anyways. You know? I accept all that. That's a yeah. little like conspiracy theory in its own way, too. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, what, what are you going to do? All right, so um, this also didn't get critical acclaim, it led it up into, apparently but commercial so. success-wise oh yeah
1: big time and yeah. still selling and it was the album that made the band right they could have just not yeah. put out another album and they would have been in history oh, yeah. maybe not obviously not as big as they were but they could have toured forever right, just for off the, that album just for, that. That. for radio Heartbreaker and one thing we'll say about Heartbreaker if you mm-hmm. listen to the solo on that the song stops and he does a lot of like Tapping on the guitar. Yeah. Very innovative and influential, you know, like Eddie Van Halen correct, can cite Heartbreaker specifically that song, that solo, as an influence for, you know, like the 80s guys that tap. With yeah, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that I think to some degree it comes from Heartbreaker.
0: Anything else you want to talk about in regards to this album? Uh, no, we can go go on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's do Led Zeppelin three. now. Actually, before I touch upon that, why no album names? Right? I don't it's, know, it's just like Led Zeppelin I one, two, three.
1: Well, I don't it's know. Like yeah, the, the, the first four. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, the first four are just... No, well, the first three are numbers, and the fourth is untitled. Fourth yeah. Which I'll, I'll ask about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I can't... I, I mean, the covers are pretty cool. They're weird. The covers were always goofy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. Yeah. They're, they're, they're goofy. The other thing is... like I mean, we'll see. You know, the Alistair Crown. That's definitely was goofy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which <laughs> I like. I think that's cool. Yeah. They're, they're not don't. like... They were, little ex- they were British eccentrics, you know? For sure
0: so okay what's your thoughts on the third album then? so
1: the third album is interesting because it's known as like the folk album the second side is acoustic folk like very like hippy dippy folk I think they moved to the country to write the album and record it in a mansion you know on a farm somewhere so some people it was I don't think it was accepted as well and when you're by a commercial standpoint by commercial they're Fan base? And fans, I think, were a little bit like, whoa, what is this? And also, I mean, I know when I was first listening to Zeppelin and buying the albums, I didn't care for it at first because I wanted the riffs and the... Sure, yeah. And it doesn't have that as much, but you listen to it, once you get used to it, it's great. It's mm-hmm. tremendous. And it's got uh, Immigrant Song. Okay, I've heard of that one before. That's yep. a great one. 100%. Plus, Since I've Been Loving You is a template for one of the things they did is big, epic, slow blues. That's a C minor blues song that just goes through dynamics and builds and slows down. You want to hear what a band can do a special band can do with a simple blues Uh since I've been loving you. Because the blues is such a basic thing. If you don't know what you're doing playing blues, You sound so you like a know, schmuck, yeah. because yeah. you sound like an old, like, dad, you know, like Stephen King. That, you ever seen, like, Stephen King will play, like, um, oh, he pick up the guitar? It, like, the, Stephen King had a band with authors. It was the most embarrassing, it was, I think Dave Barry was in it. Oh, my God. It was the most pathetic, embarrassing, horrible thing you've ever seen. These, like, pudgy guys in jeans looking down concentrating at playing and it's the lamest most swaggerless
0: thing they they weren't playing too much they weren't playing too much ladies
1: (laughs) no no but you want to hear what um zeppelin took blues shit like since I've been loving you to a whole different place Yeah, and again it's what they did is took relatively simple things and did so much with it they also did stuff so like I mean what any great artist does just naturally just does things you know what I mean sure, that yeah. in, afterwards you go oh that really makes sense you know what I mean technically like they just did it you know I don't think they thought about it No, But that's a perfect example, that song, you could study that for dynamics, for tone, for all kinds of stuff, the riffs in there, the solo, you know, Mm -hmm. so, but Led Zeppelin 3 is a bit of a different kind of album, you can't expect big Led Zeppelin on that, which you have to admire a little bit. Well, for sure, well that's what I like about bands, like, um
0: that don't keep their sound from album to album, oh, yeah. they branch out, or they try to broaden their scope of things and explore a little bit, you know, yeah. and even if it doesn't hit its mark, yeah. like, I like some it, yeah. you respect it still, Absolutely. You're, like, they're not, they're not staying, you know, stagnant, and they're not just collecting a paycheck, they're really trying and they're doing yeah. other things, you know. Um, now, what would be, who
1: were they influenced by to do the folk route? Like, what were their influences? in that? I think part? Joni Mitchell. I know they love Joni Mitchell. Okay. I don't care for Joni Mitchell, but they were into her. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were friends with a guy, Roy Harper, who was on the album, who like an eccentric folk guy. Okay. But like what you're saying is, one of the most important things as an artist, you have to not only be inspired originally but still be inspired with new stuff you gotta you have to you can't just you know replicate something you gotta make it your own thing yeah you make it your own and that's how you change like there's a band like you say well oh we like punk rock we like the clash so yeah. we're gonna form a band fine but you better expand your you know what I mean go yeah. like what you're saying may not work but go listen to something else, go listen to reggae, go listen to rap, go listen to anything else that keeps that original inspiration, sure, Yeah. even if it's something different. Because if you make the Clash album the same album for 20 years, mm-hmm. a lot of bands have done that, mm-hmm. and, you know, Old hat, I'm, I'm, I'm not deal. interested. I'm no, not interested I mean, look that. at, like,
0: even the police, they yeah, had the punk yeah. mesh, yeah. I don't know how you feel about the police, uh, but they have the punk mesh, and then they also reggae, big reggae, Yeah. So, yeah. you know? I mean, that's just an example, but... Um, so, who, okay, so, what would you say, what bands pick up influences from this album in particular, if you, or who picked and choose from this one, like, that'd be like, this is, this is where this band maybe got, some well, oh, I can cool say,
1: I think, Immigrant Song is where Iron Maiden came from. Okay. You listen to Immigrant Song, that's Iron Maiden. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot of 80s bands has come from Zeppelin. Yeah, well, for that, sure. Yeah, yeah. Image the riffs, the the solos, I mean, it was a lot about the style and the, you know, and they took a lot of the style stuff for getting that, mm-hmm. the quality of the content is not there. Yeah. But I think Immigrant Song is Iron Maiden. That's okay. Iron Maiden as babies. Picture them in the, uh, <laughs> right. Iron Maiden, like if there's a cartoon, Iron Maiden babies. Yeah. You know, if somebody was going to produce that. Yeah. He'd show them listening to immigrant song and that's how they get there. Uh, if you like a little her, baby with the motorcycle Like a, uh, the, the Muppet baby version of Yeah, like of Iron <laughs> Maiden. Of Iron what's Blade. what's the guy's name? Uh, mm. with the with the motorcycle hat. You know what I mean? He'd, oh he'd have, yeah. He'd have the uh, he'd be a little baby <laughs> with the motorcycle hat. Right, you know? right. <laughs> so, okay.
0: Um, so that would that kind of be like all I think about with Iron Maiden is like rent through the hills. Yeah, yeah. Kind of so, okay. Oh, I don't
1: know them that much. No, I don't and know I them that much I can say that uh, well, uh, if you listen to immigrant song, you can hear oh. where they come. Sure, you know. for sure. Okay. Um, now, this is Take the one. Five. Let me
0: see. I'm, let me look at some of my notes here. The influences. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. Speaking of influences, um, I don't know. Okay, so they had the blues rap songs like Whole Lot Love, Heartbreak, a lemon song, Moby Dick, Bring It yeah. On Home. Uh, Page's guitar solo in "Heartbreaker" featured yes. rapid fired run notes tapped only by the left hand, mm-hmm. like you were saying, Eddie that's Van Halen. Seven, Two, yep. yeah. Um, and so they said inspiring yeah. a host. Uh, s- yeah. As such, the album is general. I guess this is the second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And you said Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden, Aerosmith, and Guns and Roses were influenced, mm. and seen by that. So I get yeah, that's Led Zeppelin two, th- not three. But okay. So as
1: far as do you have any other thing do you want to say about the third album? No, but it's great. Plus, it's got the song "Bronyar Stomp, which is the most um, audience participation song ever. You gotta listen to that because it's like a complicated, like, percussion thing uh-huh. where you have to learn how to stomp and clap along, you know? Oh, was that, like,
0: part of a thing
1: that they, d- they I don't did? know. We used to do that. <laughs> <laughs> my friends and I used to do that. <laughs> I was like, is Try this to... like a Rocky Horror thing? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, oh. yeah. Okay. But it's a great... It's not that well-known, but I love it. Okay. It's just like a little... It's like a... You know, acoustic pirate hoedown. Uh, sure. <laughs> <something doing laughs> well I think fun. what we
0: might do too if you're interested is oh, do yeah. another companion playlist for with this maybe. Yeah, maybe oh maybe yeah. Maybe oh, maybe yeah. That's I could appropriate do that. For this <clears throat> show, yeah. Okay, cool. Alright, so on to the fourth album. No title. No title. They came up with some logos for one another it seemed. Yeah. I saw. That was interesting. I didn't know about that. I mean, I recognize the Zozo album or the Z- Zo-so. <laughs> that was my, and I had a cat named zo named okay. after that. Nice, nice. Um, do you want to talk about the that at all before we delve into the actual sound? Yeah, I mean,
1: that was part of their shtick. You know, they put it on the drum thing, put the cymbals. Sure, yeah. And plus they want... And that was... I think, they, you know, they wanted to say it, it was a bit of a problem with the record company because, you know, there's no title or anything. And they wanted the title. They wanted it to say Led Zeppelin. Of course, you know... The band said, "No, no, no. We're just not even titled. The fans are gonna know. Of course, they knew. The band knew better. It knew right. Better. But I, I, don't like. I don't care for the, for that album. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Even not, though that's not my bag. So what? okay. This is what Jimmy
0: Page says about not titling the album. Okay. It wasn't easy. The record companies were sort of insisting that the name go on it. There were eyes looking towards heaven, if you like. It was hinted it was professional suicide to go out with an album with no title. The reality of it was that that we had so many dour reviews to our albums along the way. At the time each came out, it was difficult sometimes for the reviewers to come to terms with what was on there without any immediate point of reference to the previous albums. But oh, lost my place here. But the ethic of the band was very much summing up where we were collectively at that point in time, an untitled album struck me as the best answer to all the critics because we knew the way that the music was being received by both sales and attendance at concerts. Hmm. So, he that's when they asked him to elaborate. I don't know when that was. That makes sense, though. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And they're just following their uh, artistic uh, inspiration. Yeah. That's yeah. it? It wasn't, uh, yeah. That's
0: not conventional. Not, not conventional. So, yeah. what the hell? <laughs> So, now, what don't you like about this album?
1: Well, a—I mean, it's a classic, but I mean, it's got eight songs. I go through every song. Rock and Roll and Black Dog are great yeah. songs, but it did better to hear them live, because I listen to a lot of live stuff, mm-hmm. and they play those songs at, like, every concert. So I, I get enough of those songs. Sure, okay.
0: So they kind of had,
1: in regards to, like... What I was thinking,
0: they kind of get the queen treatment with those ones, and a little, little bit. bit. They're
1: still not quite,
0: not quite there. Stairway,
1: but. then there's Battle of Evermore, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. It's just this Renaissance fair folk. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> stairway to Heaven. As I said, it's like the Queen thing. I yeah. just don't care. Even the live, I don't care for it. Even though guitar playing, that's how you learn to play guitar. You have to learn Stairway to Heaven. Sure, yeah. And learn. I am I tried to get that solo down perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah You yeah. have to. Yeah. Uh, and it's an impressive thing to see him play it live, too, because he played that double guitar. He played the 12-string and the 6-string. It was part of the shtick too, to go up on stage with a double guitar. Right, I mean, that's, yeah. That's shtick, but... Um, then Four Sticks is on there, sucks, bad song. Misty Mountain Hop kind of sucks. Going to California is like a folk song, mm-hmm. which I, I'm, uh, is interesting because Pearl Jam stole that melody for a song okay. called Given to Fly. Given to Fly? Yep. And it's outright steal of Going to California, I'm surprised they even put it out the only good song is the last song called When the Levy Breaks. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. yeah. And it's got that drum beat that the Beastie Boys sampled. Yeah. And it's just that droning riff. It's a great classic song. Yeah. They didn't play that live that much, only a couple times. The intro to When the Levy Breaks is oh, man. one of the it's best iconic to song. Iconic drum sound. That's John Bonham at his best. yeah. yeah. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's classic. I love that song. It's the only song I, but it's the only song that's, worth it for me oh, on that there. album yeah. you know yeah so now what um,
0: is that would you consider that the, the most commercially successful yeah oh it's far? a great album yeah I mean if
1: you don't know it, you, you gotta get it, know it you right. know what I mean you yeah. can't not you can't not listen to it but yeah oh yeah and it's one of their biggest probably their biggest album yeah. and it says
0: something too because you, like what you said earlier they could've quit after their second album we mm-hmm. Still had a lot of note right But this was
1: their They were getting bigger I mean Stairway to Heaven Is the biggest rock song sure. Like ever Yeah You know Yeah uh, It's a, a monster
0: Yeah um, Okay let me see If there was anything I wanted to touch upon Before we continued No album title Okay So now we'll touch upon My last note I have Later on Okay, what's the next album that
1: comes up? House is the Holy, and it's probably, I think it's the first album I bought, Mm -hmm. and it it is the start and the end of that album is probably the best Led Zeppelin you'll ever hear on record, because it's got Song Remains the Same, Rain Song, No Quarter, and The Ocean are all top Led Zeppelin, and... Like the song Remains the Same is one of the most interesting songs to hear him play it live and on record because the drums are, go so hard and so fast and the riffs are pretty complex, especially there's sort of like layered riffs on the record. Mm-hmm. But you can hear him, Jimmy Page is trying to keep up. He's a great player and he, he's having a hard time keeping up the way Bonham drives that song. It's impressive, man. It's one of those songs that, like, and you could never cover it. You could a band couldn't really cover. Song remains the same because it's not like a s- song that really works well on its own. Like, it's not like a great melody or anything. Sure. It's just leads up on saying we're the best. Yeah. We're gonna show you how great we are in this song, and we dare anybody. I mean, that was part of the thing. They, they live. They were they blew people off the stage. I'm sure. You yeah. know, and that was their attitude. Now, when they perform live. Would they do a lot of improvisation throughout? Yeah, it? oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, they had their big set pieces live. They do whole lot of love live, turned into like a 20 minute thing yeah. where they would put old songs in the middle. Somebody would start playing an old Elvis Presley, somebody starts singing, and they get into that. Uh huh. So, like, if you get into the lives like Zeppelin, you'll see a whole lot of love changes you know, from show to show. Yeah. yeah. No quarter was like that. No quarter is a weird, like, atmospheric organ song, like a swampy psychedelic song. When they played it live they did like um, long piano solos and then bits where you can hear they're just improving. Jimmy Page will play a riff, you know what I mean? They'll they'll riff on that for a while, they'll stop and go into something else really interesting that's why they were interesting live I mean, yeah they took chances that's that's taking chances because you could fall on your face yeah. doing that you
0: could yeah really have a lot of flak for that too yeah
1: yeah i mean but they they pulled it off they were confident enough to just say oh this is what we do that's the key to almost anything is be yeah. confident in things you know in your own in your ability own. Yeah. yeah if
0: you have confidence that you're able to do Hey, I'm willing
1: to take a chance. I'm take to a risk, a yeah. couple risks, <laughs> yeah, take some risks. Blow out this drum solo, see how it goes. And the drum solos would go on. And I think he did like a 50-minute oh, drum solo one time. You know what I mean? Shit. The drum solo—they don't translate as well. You know, when you're listening, I don't care to listen to like a 30-minute drum solo. Yeah, yeah. And and some of that is kind of hacky too. Like you know, he'd play with his hands. He'd do like gong section. Oh, okay. And everybody's stolen that. Now every band has a drum solo where they no, go smoke yeah. a cigarette and. You know, the drum thing rises up, and, yeah. You know, Halen did that, Molly Crew, everybody does. Oh, and yeah, I've been to a couple of shows where, where they, do, they, they, the they do the lights go movie. down and... The lights go and down and just, just one person.
0: Yeah, and it's I just... I think I it's saw there that once. Oh, I think everybody does it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th-
1: I think Joni Mitchell probably does it at this point. Yeah, yeah. right. But <laughs> it, it, it's... That's what makes the live stuff interesting, is improvisation. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now, uh, in comparison to like their fourth album and their earlier albums,
1: did they could you tell that they picked from certain older influences from this one for their fifth album here? No, I think this is where they're getting into Led Zeppelin totally original. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of influences. There's, yeah, actually there there's a song called The Crunge, which is like a funk James Brown influence. Dear okay. Maker is uh, like a reggae influence. They, I mean they're okay songs They're more like It's just interesting To hear their influences yeah. But the, the stuff like You know The Rain song And No Quarter And The Ocean This is just Led Zeppelin Doing what they do Coming into their own Right You know Because it, it's this thing At some point in an artist You have your influences But then you rise above And you become yeah. Who you are You do what you do Yeah, You do what you do And you still have those influences But you're Somebody different Yeah You know, you know your
0: thing Mm-hmm. But you're not willing. You're willing to experiment too, like with what funk, I'm sure they would do on that album and A yeah. Too. Like, hey, let's we'll try it out. Yeah, yeah. On yeah. this stuff, You know.
1: So okay, cool. Uh, the name of that one again? Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. Okay. Highly, highly, highly recommended. High. Okay. Recommended. Now, if I, word
0: word word? I were to, <laughs> if I were to go from uh, Led Zeppelin, you start me off on the third album, right? The third? Well, well actually.
1: We'll get to the next one that we get to is my favorite. Your favorite, okay. Is Physical Graffiti. Okay. That's the next one, and that's you really, I'd say, the peak, because we're going to get into, we're about to get into where Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. starts yeah, takes it, like style. an actual Zeppelin. It's going to go <laughs> like rip, an actual Led Zeppelin. <laughs> like a Led Zeppelin, yeah. yeah. But the peak is really Physical Graffiti. It's a double album, and it's got cashmere on it. You probably know okay, that, yeah. one. Oh, that one. Yeah. But it's got one album where it's all that like, kind of riff. Rock tunes like that, and then the other disc is more like a little complex, slower, eclectic, um, but great. And so it's not like immediate, but I think physical graffiti is the best album, the most rewarding because you know, sometimes music you have to listen to it a couple times. times, Yeah, I think the best music is like that. I totally agree with that. And physical graffiti is like that, and which I think makes it a better. Yeah, a better record, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's got um, "Sick Again" is the last song, which is a tribute to uh, the groupie underage groupies. Because Led Zeppelin were not <laughs> choir boys, but it, it was blatantly saying, "Yeah, we like fifteen-year-old groupies." You know what I mean? That's basically what the song is about. Yeah. Uh, there's a song called "In the Light," which I when I was in college, I took an astronomy class, mm-hmm. and never did any work and hardly went to class and I think then I wrote a short story called In Light after that song that had like nothing to do with the class or astronomy it was just about a guy like who who worked as an astronomer and then like fell in love with one of the students or something, some goofy thing, Right. and I think I, I still got like an A-minus or something on it, like the guy said, this has nothing to do with anything, but it was a good story. You know? Nice write-up. Yeah, I, nice, nice job. I don't know yeah. what the hell, who, who the hell you are, but yeah. what you think you're doing in my class, but I'll give you a B for the class. Well, astronomy classes
0: seem to be pretty interesting. I never took one, but my one buddy uh, in college, he thought he was in an astronomy class. Well, he thought he dropped his astronomy class, but he didn't. He was in it for like the whole semester and yeah, realized that he never dropped the class. Oh, and he got hammered for that. Boom, he got, got nailed with it. Yeah. Oh, it happened so. to me.
1: And you, but you would think astronomy is interesting. It ain't. Yeah. So I'm just saying that for me. It ain't interesting. Uh, especially like a when you get sleep enough, When Exactly. When it's at 8 30 a.m., oh, three time a week astronomy class, forget about it. Yeah. You ain't going. You <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> holy shit so you better you better write a good short story at the end of the (laughs) class and (laughs) a forgiving professor yeah yeah yeah. that's
0: it okay so
1: and then it's got also In My Time of Dying which is like an 11 minute blues song again something else that Led Zeppelin could do better than anybody else these epic blues songs In My Time of Dying was on Bob Dylan's first album it's a little folk like a dark kind of folk tune very simple Led Zeppelin took it and expanded it out and you know took it to the limits of uh, um, you know of all, what it could be, good like, taste. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> blowing it up. Yeah, so. they blew it up. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then shit like that on the album where they just—they don't care about it's the physical graffiti is not about pop singles and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's you just put it on, put it in the, at a barbecue, at a party or something. It it rocks, it man. It's yeah. got that vibe. It's make it's sure you got the speakers, as well Oh, absolutely. Make yeah. sure you've got the quad speakers. Invest in all four, man. Right. You While know? right. you're flipping some burgers. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's more physical graffiti, man. It's what life's all about, man. For sure. So, um... There's 6th out. Is this where it starts the downturn? Okay, so the next is one the is called Presence. Well, yeah, this is going to be the 7th. S- the 7th, yeah. okay. Uh, so this is where... So they're touring constantly. They have... 73 world tour they had a 75 world tour they're playing 3 hour shows a night they're partying they've got 15 year old groupies. you know what I mean toll there's a lot of drugs all that shit um, by the time they hit this is 1976 they're getting ready to go down I mean it's taking a toll there's a price you pay mm-hmm. the interesting thing about Presence is you hear in the lyrics they talk about a price that's being paid so, Jimmy Page is developing a drug problem Robert Plant just had a car accident, so he's singing from a wheelchair. I read about that, yeah. Plus, Robert Plant, in this next tour, his son's getting ready to die. His son passes away. We're going to get to that. But Presence is known as most people are not that into it Mm -hmm. it's a very guitar heavy dry album I think Jimmy Page recorded all the guitar parts in like two nights just staying up coked up you know and it sounds like it but it's inspired man I dig dig that yeah Um, but what I'm saying about the lyrics is it's not as much Hobbit mystical shit there's a song called uh, Nobody's Fault for Mine. Mm-hmm. There's a song called For Your Life. Which both basically say the same thing. Like, holy shit, what, what, uh, not in terms of deal with the devil, but what sacrifices do we make? What prices gets paid yeah. for this in our lives? You know, mm-hmm. as men, they're getting older, you know? It's How a, old are they at this point? I guess they're like, they're uh, late 20s, early 30s. Okay. So. Okay. you know and it sort of makes sense that like okay we had a party throwing TVs out the window and shit sure right? yeah. Uh, yeah but now you know there's bills there's maybe you got kids all over the country who knows lawsuits you got d- drug problems alcohol problems and you start to think oh what? yeah. what's going on you know like maybe spiritually what's going on and so presence you hear that yeah. it's a it's a it's kind of dark yeah, you know but I like that because it's kind of more real right Right. but it's not known as a good album there's some shitty songs on there um, there's a song called "T for One that has Jimmy Page's best guitar solo just a great like really soulful blues solo mm-hmm. um but I wouldn't totally recommend Presence to everybody but for like hard like what I'm saying with Gunslinger thing yeah, you know if yeah, I see a hard I'll say, what do you think of presence? And that's my yeah, test. Get engaged for him. Yeah, that's a gate. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where, where are we at here? You know, are you serious? Yeah. That's. Let's see what. You presence know. is, is whether you whether that person's serious or not. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: then on to wait What year is this round so so going on? Last, so what happens is they go on a tour in seventy seven. Mm -hmm. Where there's a lot of bootlegs from that tour because it's one of the best recorded tours, so I know that one pretty well. Okay. Um, And, you know, the shows are getting bigger and bigger, but there's more problems, there's riots, and they're just getting bigger and bigger, and they're almost getting too big. Yeah. Human beings, you know? For sure. And and so then you have Robert Plant's son dies, his son was five years old. Oh shit. And they basically took a year off after that because the other guy said, okay, you know, we don't have to continue this thing. There's it, more life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, John Bonham, the drummer, is drinking. Jimmy Page is heroin. doubt, you know? Yeah, yeah. And by the time they get back together, the last album, like I said, Jimmy Page and John Bonham are the heart and soul of Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much null and void. Yeah, They're just not as into it so Into the Outdoor the last album is more almost like disco a little bit it's yeah. a lot of keyboard I mean it's cool it's not, not in a bad way it's kind of yeah. cool um, but the heart and soul is gone mm-hmm. and within I guess they did they released it I think 79 mm-hmm. 1980 they went on a European tour they were getting ready to come back to America and John Bonham yeah, that's
0: what it, that's the last note I have. It's about that. And it says Yeah, on September twenty fourth, nineteen eighty, the band rehearsed for their upcoming tour. Bonham drank there before drinking double vodkas at Paige's house. Not the Victor not Crawley's house. Alistair Crawley's former house. I almost said Victor Crawley. Then passing out. He was placed in a spare bedroom the next afternoon Jones and Robert Plant's assistant, Benji Lavere, found Bonham dead. Corners report stated yeah. that he had the equivalent of shots of 40 shots of vodka. Jesus, it's a lot of, it's a lot of yeah. vodka. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> own. You don't want to be drinking that, or Vladimir, or any style of vodka. Oh, bottom shelf or top shelf. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't
1: matter. Once you once you get above 30, I don't think it matters. To Jeez. Once you get above two, shelf. for me. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: Jeez. Oh man. 40. That's a lot. That's like Andre the Giant drinking those shots. Hell yeah. Holy crap. So, alright, so, Bonham goes, passes, bands done at that point. Like, or is that, Are they done? Or do they try to do anything else I think on that? there were
1: some ideas that they were maybe gonna. You know, when they, when they reformed in 2007, mm-hmm. they had Bonham's son playing. You know, okay. But they couldn't replace right. him. Yeah. yeah, And I think by then, it was gone. The inspiration was gone. Because one of the things you see is after that, Jimmy Page has done nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's people that are fans, again, they, you know, that are hardcore fans like me that will listen to, like, post-Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page. He, he did a Death Wish 2 soundtrack. Uh-huh. He did an album with David Coverdale, who's um, from Whitesnake. Oh, okay. Horrible. <laughs> Just dead. sticky. Oh, what a schmuck that guy is. Yeah. Um, then he did an album with Robert Plant. They did a tour again. It all sucks to me. Just the inspiration is gone. Yeah. And Robert Plant solo had a little bit of popularity in the 80s, mm-hmm. but didn't really do it. John Paul Jones. I mean, basically, they retired, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the inspiration was just gone, which I think maybe proves my point, is that John Bond was a big part of what drove the band. Yeah. Oh, you know? Yeah. And again, if you dig into the live stuff, you'll hear that. You'll hear that like... He, he was, uh, you know, they're trying to just keep up with him. Sure. So that's gonna make him write riffs that fit that style. Yeah. It's yeah. gonna make him, you know, like, um, you know, like I always wondered why. that challenges you. Like it's
0: having somebody that on yeah. With you on your team and challenges you to be better or not only enhances. It's like having like Michael Jordan at the Bulls or whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes it not only elevates their gameplay, but it also elevates them to play better. And Michael Jordan made people play better. Exactly, yeah. 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 So it's crazy stuff, man. Crazy stuff. So um, anything else you wanna cover with? Uh I I guess guess their whole
1: discography or anything? Well, again, I I recommend, once you get into those albums, I recommend digging into some of the bootlegs. Okay. Because, I like this lately, I've been listening to, it's from 1975 at Nassau Coliseum in Long Island. Great show, great recording. You know, I like the good recordings, the soundboard recordings. Yeah. You know, um, but once you, like that sort of that Queen effect we're talking about where you, the music, you've heard it so much. The bootlegs are interesting because you, you can hear more different stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it goes through. So there's some live albums. There's the live movie they made. The song remains the same, mm-hmm. um, which is goofy. It's very yeah. 70s. There's like <laughs> sticky parts where like they're playing they're like. Like doing, the whole screen spinning Or some shit like the that The there's shit like that But Bad like There's sort of like There's a part where like They're holding guns And you know <laughs> like fantasy sequences Yeah uh, But then there's an album called BBC Sessions It's probably the best Early Zeppelin But maybe even better Than the first couple albums What they were like And um. there's an album called How the West Was Won From 72 Great live Um Sound And performance Yeah Um you know, the, the bootlegs, are, I, I just, I love it. I love digging into that stuff. Because even a bad let's up on the show is interesting. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you hear him, sometimes the songs do fall apart. You know, they were human. Mm-hmm. You hear him try to pick it back up. Yeah. yeah. Would you, you consider them perfectionists? perfectionists? Like, Yes. Yeah. Jimmy Page, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the studio, he was a perfectionist. And you hear, if you read people that work with him, Eddie Kramer worked with him. It was a famous engineer who worked with Jimi Hendrix. Okay. And said, like what we're saying, he said, Jimmy uh, Page pushed me to be better. And this is, Eddie Kramer's like one of the top, in the history of rock, yeah. top engineers. Yeah. And he'd say he'd come up with techniques, and you listen to the albums. There's a lot of subtle guitar things that make them so great. It's not just like they plugged in mm-hmm. and played, even though they probably could have done that. The albums, they didn't do that. There's overdubs and subtle dynamic. Very particular thing. about things. Yeah, you could tell they were perfectionists. It's not easy to, to get those kind of great dynamics on record. You mm-hmm. have to know what you're doing to do that. You know what I mean? You take a little slow part, but then for the loud part, you have to like quadruple track stuff. Yeah. You have to watch to make sure the levels are... You know, there's a lot of stuff you can learn. Musicians can learn Or have learned so much from Led Zeppelin. Which is why they gave more than they supposedly stole. Even if they stole some blues stuff. For sure. They gave music. Gave the world so much, man. Mm -hmm. You know? And you could look at it too.
0: Like, as far as guys like Muddy Waters and uh, Howlin' Wolf and things like that. That they, they kind of put them, you know. A lot of people wouldn't know who those people are. Unless it was for Led Zeppelin.
1: Absolutely. So
0: it kind of throws them back ahead into the fold. Absolutely. It you know, seems I mean,
1: like the Rolling Stones. They cover blues songs and you could say, well, they're, you know, they're just stealing. No, not really. They're, they're giving some shot. I wouldn't know yeah. who Robert Johnson was if it wasn't for Eric Clapton and the Stones. Sure, yeah. You know? And you also have to look at, like, Led Zeppelin wasn't just copying the blues. They were doing their own kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like in rap music, like, it's the difference between, like... Like, the Beastie Boys were doing their own thing. They weren't, like, copying. Yeah. Even though a little bit early they were copying Run-DMC, but yeah, yeah. they turned into their own thing. You know what I mean? There's a lot of, like, white rappers that try to... I do the same thing. Do, the, thing do the same thing, and it comes off... It's hacky or Garbage. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And that argument might hold up. that You say, well, wait a minute, you're just stealing this music. And that was what Eminem talked about through half of his yeah. stuff. And we'd say, well yeah, I'm more popular, yeah, I'm good, but I'm also more popular because I'm a white guy, you know, doing this as a cult. It says something about the culture, you know? That's a whole other argument. Oh, absolutely. But, so, so when I say that, yes, I don't think Led Zeppelin stole the blues, I still think there's an argument to be said that, well, why were they so much more popular and these blues guys were ignored, you know, and died penniless, you know? Mm -hmm. That's legitimate, but... In the case of Led Zeppelin, I mean, they they were so special and they weren't copied. They did so much more. You listen to a Howling Wolf and you listen to a Led Zeppelin blues. It's different, you know. i yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even have to listen to make that association. Yeah, to, yeah. Because I mean, yeah, it's very different, you know. Yeah. You're not just tearing right from Howling Wolf. No, you no, know? yeah, no. So. And if they did tear from somebody, I think it was a white guy who was a folk singer. <laughs> it was the Dazed and Confused guy. Sure. So they stole more from, you know. From that bag. From that, that you know. bag. Yeah, which is <laughs> whatever. It's gangster. It's uh, what they did. Okay. Right. <laughs> play it better. You know, That's. But I guess that's sort of a blues tradition is we're going to steal your song and we're going to play it better than you do. Yeah. We're going to get our, pub, our names in no the publishing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead if you, you go ahead And play it better Yeah Let's see you do A 30 minute thing. to confuse you can, Holmes yeah. Yeah. yeah Singer songwriter Pussy right. <laughs> You know what I mean Yeah That's basically What was their attitude Well there you go Cool
0: Alright Well this has been Very educational as well I hope Yeah, yeah. I think so So um, You also wrote an article It's gonna be uh, coming up That we You, you just recently Well yeah. not recently But I finally posted The replacements article where it's footnoted. Yeah, yeah. Your comments. And is it in that same vein? Of course, footnotes. Yes, you gotta have footnotes. So we're gonna do your footnoted thing. Yeah, Uh, we'll release that along with the podcast. And if you come up with a companion playlist, do that too. No problem. All in one
1: congregated foul swoop, I suppose. And the final thing by Led Zeppelin play it loud, play it loud. Yep. That's how you get the experience. Play it loud. Yep, yeah. those are the three things to remember. Do you want to plug anything? Just you want to read on Shem's pen, or drop the mic haiku, or the usual nonsense. All that usual. But that keep sense. listening to the podcast. We're gonna get more guests. Yep. We've well, got some
0: guests lined up here. Well, I just gotta set the dates for them and talk away. Um, this is again the "Here Comes Everybody" podcast. It's under the umbrella of the Keystone Statement. Uh, we release one at least. Hopefully, we try to do it once a week. But the all the topics we range from a lot of different stuff. We hold no, you know, we hold no quarter. Hold no quarter <laughs> exactly. So um, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please visit keystonestatement.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Keystone keystonestmt. Uh, like our Facebook page. That's where we get a lot of our stuff going, and we cover music, sports. Entertainment, all that monarchy, all with a Pittsburgh twist to it sometimes. So, um I'm trying to think what else if you're well, we also have another podcast too called the Keystone Cast. It's me, my brother, and a buddy. We're all go to the same high went to the same high school. We talk about sports different from this. We try to make these separate like I this is more of an educational kind of Graduate, graduate, school. Graduate, graduate school, graduate school. Yeah. for the streets. 300 level courses going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, our other one's a little more lowbrow, and we talk about whatever <laughs> the hell we want to do. So, um, um, as far as anything else goes, I'm trying to think if I should plug anything. No, just be on the lookout for these kind of things. And, uh, so you're updating that site every day. Updating. Up. It. You're going to have merchandise. Merchandise soon, soon. Yeah, T-shirts. Get out there for the summer. You want to. Cool exactly. Shirt. We'll be, we'll be repping the Pittsburgh. Yeah, industry, yeah. So. But well, you can wear it. that shirt anywhere. Though. Oh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Worldwide. It's worldwide. Worldwide, yeah. man. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so until next time, we will talk to you later.